guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram. You know the deal. Wherever we're getting a good book, we're going to talk about it. Now, have have we been talking about good books? You know we have because we are feeling some type of way very strongly about the latest book series we've read, The Witch Collector. We've already covered books one and two, and today we're back to talk about book three, a very short little novella. I mean, wasn't that short in terms of like novellas? Sometimes we only get a couple chapters. This one was sort of like a very short book. It was a full book. It was a very average size book. Like I think some romance novels are this long. Like some rom-coms, less than 300 pages. This book, novella, less than 300 pages. And I think I just called it again the Witch Collector series, but it's the Witch Walker series. I keep messing this up. The first book is Witch Collector. So my bad, y'all. This is book three, as I said, the novella by Sharissa Weeks, and I think the love and feelings we've been feeling so far of this book continue to have a chokehold on us as we get into book three, which just means I am so freaking excited for this next book to drop. I truly cannot wait to see where where we go. I know. I feel like sliding in her, to her DMs and be like, hey, can we get an advance reader copy, please? Like Pretty I please. want one, but then I, I don't. I don't know what I would do with myself. I'm like, I tear through it in like 24 hours. <laughs> gotta, gotta drag it out maybe a bit. But yeah, we'll take we'll take all copies. We send our way. Also, before we get into it, let's talk about our thoughts and questions that have been going up on Spotify. Again, you can head on over to Spotify, me underscore pod over there. And that's where we're popping up questions of the week. So you can head over there, answer any of them from any prior week, and we'll talk about them live here on the episode. So Hold on really quickly. Did Bridget and I say hi? Hi. Hi. Okay. I don't think you Sorry. did. That's a good call out. It's just me, hey. me talking to myself. Bridget, the ghost, just popped in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gang's all here. You know, you know who you're getting here. It's all three of us. So now that we've properly introduced ourselves and we're not just phantom voices. <laughs> Do you remember at the beginning I was just when it took about you that. forever? <laughs> to remember to introduce myself? I think it was like we're going on like four months now and you'd be like, and this is Hilda and Bridget. And we'd be like, hey. And then you just keep talking. And we're like, and you are? The mystery voice. Just the voice without a face. It, so it, it gave us major like gossip girl vibes where you didn't know who she was and you're just like xoxo a girl has no name <laughs> but you know who does have a name the folks that have been engaging with us for these shout outs and questions of the week so let's give a shout out to page b who answered the question in your head who do you picture as alexis henry cavill or can yemen now this would be from the witch walker series which you know we've been loving and she answered, Henry Cavill is who I usually picture. Ken Yemen is who I picture only for Cassian. But I'll definitely be needing fan art soon for the series. A couple points there, my girl Paige. One, Ken Yemen is Cassian. Cassian is Ken Yemen. There is no other person that could possibly be cast. And anyone who would be cast wouldn't be right. Would not be living up for the picture. Two, I agree with you in the fan art. Like, I was looking around and there was, there was some things but not enough. We really need like those good AI collect um, art, not collectors, art creators to really, really give us some spicy ones. Like I need to see who Neri looks like. I want to see who Alexis looks like. 
Oh, I know who Neri looks like. The Witcher. Henry Cavill again. <laughs> the answer is always Henry Cavill. <laughs> the answer is always Henry Cavill. Uh, next, I want to give a shout out to Claudia. She answered a couple questions for us. I'll just go right down the line. She answered the question, do you think that scene, that scene being from the latest book in Neon Gods or the Dark Olympus series, Cruel Seduction, as a reminder, two Ds in the V, was hot or were you distracted by the logistics? And she said, nope, I'm with Hilda. Not a fan of these series. It had so much potential with the original premise, but has gone in the direction of smut with a little plot, and I prefer plot with a little smut. Good for you. She's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, she's not wrong. Clearly, she's not wrong. I think the book serves its people. (laughs) And you're just not its people. No. You, Hilda. (laughs) Me, personally. And Claudia. And Claudia. She's with you. That's right. These people. But... If that is not your vibe, you should definitely read the Witch Walker series because lots of plot with the sides of smut, but the smut is real good. And you cannot see us, but me and Caitlin have our hands up with the legs. We're chef's kissing. We're like, yes. <laughs> I'm about to give you a visual of a Venn diagram with my hands, which doesn't really work, to show you the perfect overlap of smut versus plot. <laughs> like that's what it, that's what we're working with here. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, So she also answered the question from the Zodiac Academy series when we were reading those. She said, do you think Tori – or she answered, do you think Tori regrets her decision regarding her Elysian mate? She said, yep, unpopular opinion. Tori is one of my least favorite female characters of all time and would make a terrible queen. She puts her wants and needs above everybody else, which is opposite of what a queen should do. I feel like I heard heard your your dramatic grasp, but I'm like, gasp? But – She's making a point. She's making no, a point. The point. She's not wrong. Exactly. Yeah. You're not wrong. I'm just. That's my girl. You know, you ride or die for your friends, regardless of how fucking stupid they are. Sometimes, that's my girl. But yes, you are correct. All of those points are valid, and she would make all right queen better than Lionel. I don't know if she's better than the heirs combined. I think she definitely needs the support of her sister to balance her. I mean, they are Gemini twins after all, so keep that in mind. But she cannot rule by herself. No. I do prefer Darcy out of the two twins. Darcy is the more level-headed of the two, for sure. Last question from Claudia. Tori's just so cool. Sorry. Continue. (laughs) We could go on a whole I Love Tori rant with uh, number one I Love Tori fan club here, Bridget. (laughs) Um, It's more like I Love Darius, and that's an extension of her, of him, so like – I think she I was them. all on some of our – when we did like ultimate girl BFFs, like who would we be best friends with or who do we want in our girl tribe? I think she was on yours. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely on mine. Like ago. I want to be her friend. Right. But like that's – I thought we had decided that we would probably die after one night of hanging out with her. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I want to be her friend. Can I be her friend? Absolutely not because I'm in my bed by 9 o'clock, 8.30, and I can't hang. No. I'll try to take that shot at tequila, but mm, after that, one night and we're out. No, I would dead. end up like the in night a grave. hangover. Yeah. I'd wake up and I'm like, why is there a tiger in the bathroom, Tori? Like, <laughs> more like, why is there a dragon? <laughs> yeah. Who is that? Who'd you put in there? Darius, get on out of the bathroom. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot and it's a rider. <laughs> oh, but I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> 
With his little cowboy hat. Little righty kids and his little like Toy Story vibe. Oh, okay. Oh, side, side note. Uh, Claudia's last question she answered is, are you still excited about the series from the Twisted Sisters? And this was about um, a game of Malice and Greed, also known as Agomag. She said, no. After ZA9, I'm parting ways with the Twisted Sisters. I won't even read DP4, Dark Penitentiary 4. And dark more penitentiary. Oh, dark. Yeah. I was saying that. I'm like, that's not the right words. Dark more penitentiary four. And the cliffhanger in DP3 involved my favorite character in that series. I'm just tired of everything being dragged out. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Wow. If it is a cliffhanger and you're like, I- I've seen what I need to see. We're good. I felt this way after CA7, I want to say. I was just like done. But I'm I'm like carrying on for the podcast. I wonder for if, science. Yeah. I wonder if because of our circumstances in life, when we started reading the Twisted Sisters, i.e., like in the middle of pandemic, not really socializing, that it was fun and needed to escape via their writing, and so like their hijinks were more tolerable. But now that we're trying to go back to a more stable world, like their ploys are not entertaining us. We're like, I already have more hijinks than I've signed up for. Yeah. I can't take on more. <laughs> like I'm, I'm seeing people again. Jesus. I know. God, what more do you want me to ask? What more do you want from me? You know, just give me my book already. I'm I'm with you, and I think I'm with all also, of us when I say it's been dragged out, and we're ready for it. At close yes, and yes, but also it's been like nine fucking books with a bunch of novellas, and like I can I, handle like hijinks up until like five books, and then I'm like, okay, if you cut half the hijinks out, we'd have a whole complete series already. But you no. know, that's the thing, and I will say that the part of the reason that I read Zodiac. When I did was I was like, oh, I can read books one through six and there's only going to be one more book. Yeah. And yeah, now that has that's turned That's what you into... signed this up for. Yeah, that's it's true. I, yeah, <laughs> no. You know, I we mean, went in. We went in being like seven books. We got this. We're going to crush through the first six. And we did. And then, and then we, we got did kills. It again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, you know what hurts? Well, I think one of my problems is, is that I've read these series so many freaking times. Probably like three times total, and that's a lot. Like, oh. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm good. I'm done. It's good. Okay. We've seen what we need to see right. so far. So for We're the next book, I'm just going to listen to the podcast and then be all caught up. You're good to go. All right. couple last questions coming to hear from us. A couple last questions from the group here. This next one is Jasmine S., and she answered the question from Fourth Wing. Who? What is the main reason that Dean sucks so much? Because he's an, a blonde male or because he's an insecure wannabe? And she said, insecure blonde with a little emoji of a blonde man. Yep. We we know, Jasmine. We, we're glad that you see this with us. The last question comes to us from Alexandra Cam. She answered, um, as it relates to Akhtar, are you also angry at Reese for not telling Feyre how dangerous her pregnancy was? And she said... He's wrong for not telling her immediately after finding out that the baby is in her body. I can't I can also see why he wouldn't have told her as it now puts both of them at risk at death due to the bargain. 
So it's like, I, I, I know. Like, we should tell her. We should not tell her. You want her to have this moment happy, not agonizing, like counting on the days until everyone dies for her to have this baby. Like, I, I see it. Nah, yeah. I'm still mad at him. Yeah, I can still be mad. Like, two things can also, be true. Also, for a strong, powerful lord. Whatever. What what do we call him? Is he a lord? I forget. High lord. He's a high lord. High lord. Um, I can't believe he made like a bargain bond with his wife that we both died together. Like, who's gonna rule the kingdom? Who's gonna rule your court? You dumbasses. It was a very Romeo and Juliet moment of them, where yes, we go together, but not actually thinking through the consequences of what that means. Of course, when I'm reading it, I was like, oh my god, it's love. No, so I'm like, romantic. You guys are dumb. You're like, yeah, Nick wouldn't dumbs. do that. All Ooh. right. Well, thank you guys. Oh, wait. For- no, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin wouldn't Kevin. do that. He's sensible. Like, Kevin. I'm sorry. Sometimes I don't know who's who in that trio. Kevin Except- is older and then Nick is the baby. Except for Joe. Fuck that guy. For a second, it took me a hot minute. I'm like, Kevin who? <laughs> I forgot. We we f- come full circle back to, to Joe Bro. <laughs> I think we were talking about Joe Bro in the last episode. Yeah. It's just still top of mind. Wait a minute. All right. Well, those are our thoughts. Um, Thank you so much for engaging with us, guys, over on Spotify. We love to hear from you, and we welcome all of your thoughts. And we already have some funny ones, potentially, that I think are funny should be put up, which we'll get into in a minute for this episode. But let's get into what happened with this book. Book three, The Wolf and the Witch. Bridget, you want to hit us up with the book cover synopsis? Yes, I'm a little nervous about this because Hilda and you did such a good job last two episodes. I'm like, oh, I don't want to read. A dramatic interpretation? Yeah, I can't do that. I can't even pronounce their names right, but here we go. <laughs> All right. As, are we calling her Nefeli or Nefel? Nefeli. Nefeli. <laughs> All are acceptable pronunciations. I mean, I like I that you – you bring in the third twist like <laughs> Caitlin and I we're, we're pretty sure there's two pronunciations and you just come out of left field with a third one that's like never even thought those sounds could go together but you managed it wait what did you call what you call her I can't even tell you now you're gonna have to reverse reverse the audio episode <laughs> okay is that yeah. what you were <laughs> like it's either gonna be Nefel or Nefeli and she comes in with Nefeli? <laughs> I don't know. I call her Nefel in my head, so. Okay, we accept it. Okay. As <laughs> no, I can't girl Nefi. <laughs> yeah, why couldn't she come up with a real easy nickname? Also, oh. you know what got really confusing is that their names both start with N-E, and I was like, Nefel, Neri, Nefel, Yep. All right. Book cover synopsis. Thank you to Amazon for providing this tidbit. As Nafel, Alexis, and their faithful companions grapple with the devastating loss on Mount Ulra, the threat of Thamos' reign rises in the east. To prepare the crew must strengthen the Northland and Summerland armies, even if it means depending on the one being they never thought they would live again, Neri, god of the white wolf. Nafel made a deal she can't escape. A deal that not only ensures the wolf's resurrection, but one that forces her to remain at his side, even when he returns to the north to bolster defenses and destroy any traitors and enemies remaining on his land. The last thing Nefel wants is to spend her days and nights alone with a seductive, arrogant god. But Teresia, is that how we're saying the, the name? 
Teresia's future depends on Neri being their primary weapon, one only she holds the power to wield. As Thamos aims his first wave of destruction at Neri, Nefel finds that not only is the wolf more difficult to control than she believed, but that he's more human than she gave him credit for. With every passing hour, the undeniable passion between them burns brighter until the fire becomes impossible to resist and impossible for Thamos to ignore. Because the only thing he loads more than the wolf roaming Terce area again is that there's a witch at his side, and her name is Bloodgood. Dun, 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 dun. Even hearing that again, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's passion burning there. Boy, was it ever. Yeah, there's three words, passions burning in there. <laughs> so before we get into our thoughts and feelings, that was a synopsis, which didn't give away any spoilers. But now we're going to get into some spoilers. So if you haven't read this book and really want to. Reverse, reverse, out yeah. of this chat or <laughs> out of this episode. Yep. You know, we got a bunch more to cover. So, ye be warned, tread no further if you have not read and want to remain spoiler-free. On that note, I think I'm going to throw it to Hilda for her thoughts on this to kick us off because her first note I read and literally laughed out loud. (laughs) I was like, I'm dead. (laughs) Please. So, it took a while for the spice to kick in, but once it did, if you thought Darius replicating himself in two for a good old-fashioned spit roast with Tori was hot, <laughs> then triple Nelly, Neri, filling all of Nephilim's holes, will be right up your alley. Oh, God. It was so great because that's, that's what happens. Because that's what happens. That's what happens. Now, you don't. We... who needs multiple partners when you could just duplicate or triplicate yourself? Yeah, you know, when like... I was writing the notes after I finished the book, I literally went... <laughs> Um, Nefel, you lucky bitch. The end. I have no other thoughts and comments. I couldn't remember anything else from this book because I was so like mind blank after I read that scene because it was so like, whew. Because the build up, I mean, we really built up to it. And it's kind of one of the last things we get in this book within the last two. There was a lot of blue balls in this book. Yes. And so much of it. I'm the like, tension. come on. The tension. So much tension. So I'd say we got very – in book two where Alec, uh, Alexis and Raina had, couldn't couldn't go all the way and we're like, ooh, that was kind of spicy. So we're all building up to like going all the way, sliding into home. And this, they like – we're just – we're dabbling around first base. And so <laughs> it was a, a hard-earned game to get to home base for us as the reader to see this through. Now, we did look this up because we're like, well, if two men, one in the front, one in the back is an Eiffel Tower, and we've got two Ds and the Vs, what is three men with one girl? And we looked it up uh, because the answer, we're initially like, that, that's a gangbang. Like, that's that's maybe what that yeah, is. Yeah, the, the common term is gangbang, but like, Urban Dictionary tells us other things. <laughs> Uh, the favorites include the devil's threesome, which I don't know why that one like really, really tickles tickles my fancy there. Or another favorite that made us both, all of us, burst out laughing: the triceratops, because there's three horns, like three men ding dongs, and I just <laughs> really. 
that one really killed me. So this may be our Spotify question of the week. What what terminology are you more familiar with? Do you want to prefer devil's threesome or the triceratops? Because both are great. Please don't Google this on your work computers. Or yes, don't do that. But also when you Google on your phone, private browser. Private. Yes. So we did the research for you so you don't have to go Google again. Just let us know which one you thought. Was Unless the right you way. want to. Like if you're a visual person, go ahead. Go is do there your a thing. term? Is there a term we missed? Enlighten yeah. us. Probably. Triceratops. Like, I'm still laughing about it. It's a genius. I think we laughed for a full, like, three minutes earlier before we hopped on the call. Yes. When we Will were and Googling. I were just, like, chit-chatting about something else. And then we're just, like, I sent it the text. And we're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Triceratops. <laughs> oh, God. It was so funny. So funny. Our chats are not a safe space. No. <laughs> no, especially when Hilda hits us with like a, a Patreon of a spicy photo from the book things. <laughs> she literally has to be like, uh, is everyone in a safe space to receive this? Are children near your phone? Which is every- almost always there are. Oh. James has seen. <laughs> it's fine. He doesn't know what he's He doesn't know what he's looking at. <sighs> so Hilda, uh, what other what – other gr- gracious juicy tidbits can you drop with us so as a vampire lover i'm usually like not really into werewolves um but these wolves were acting like vampires and i liked it a little bit too much i knew as soon as she said her gums her gums were like tingling yeah and she was full body aching i was like vampire 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 blood 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 i was like hilda's gonna fucking love this shit (laughs) oh Who's getting called? No, it's like some Is spam call. No, oh. it's like some spam FaceTime where it's like me and seven other voice. Like, do you forget this? Where it's like all numbers that are similar to yours. Where it's like, no, I got text messages, but not like FaceTime. I keep getting random group FaceTime chats. What the hell? So sorry that I interrupted that. My bad. Um, Just the Somalian prince calling for me to pay his ransom or telling me he's got money for me. Um, what else? Oh, don't mind me. I just casually dropped my ether. The way she bend and snapped and picked that up, I was like, bend and snap. Picked it up for him. I th- so I did think that was like kind of weird. I was like, is it just like, is it like you're walking? Does it look like you just like pooped some ether? It's just I running down your leg? Like, like, remember Alex Mack? From like old school Nickelodeon of the 90s where she would just like collapse into a pool of silver puddle and just like roam around town. I kind of pictured it like that. I think that's what it was as well. I recognize the name Alex Mack, but I did not watch it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because I'm thirsty or if this move was actually really hot. But like when Alexis exploded the hearts inside some people's chests. Yeah. yeah. I And dragged them across town. And provided them, like, yeah. I, I, I settled this business for everybody here. I was like, whew. I know. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh. I was like, I find this murderous tendency to be really hot. Honestly, what does like this his, say about me? His, like, morally gray vibes that he was giving off this entire book. Like, I will find my wife. I'll find my, not even his wife, not even his mate, his whatever he calls her. His fire or whatever, something His translates. Girlfriend? That. I mean, really, that's like we only met like maybe a month ago. 
Yeah. No, he calls her something specific with a V. I think it's Viagro. Oh, yeah. It's Viagro. I actually looked this up because I'm like, that's Virago? an interesting term. Yeah, and it means like a rebelist, a rebel woman. I think it's just uh. like a different kind of term, and I thought that was it's like interesting. What an SAT word for us to absorb. It's because he's so well read with all the books that he has. I know. Yes, yes, but he's also so fucking hot. So just yeah. his hotness alone I mean, had made me wet. Mouth dropped open, um, but love the vibes. Um, but damn, I was like, oh, yeah, like I murder's getting kind of hot, and I'm feeling kind of weird about it. <laughs> I didn't realize I was so attracted to violence, but oh, I knew I was. But here we are once again, falling in love with another man. And then the last thing is the wraiths really yes. freak me out. I don't, I don't think we fully understand their mechanism. But now that we know that they can possess animals as easily as people, like that's that's creepy. And I'd rather have more Triceratops sex scenes than than race stinky attacks. race. Because that whenever is the they first take thing over animals, it just freaks me out because I feel like crows. Whenever I see them, they're always like staring, and I'm like, "You give me the creeps. I think you're something else." So I hate reading about it in the books. I'm like, see, see, I told everybody. And also, I just want to know, like, I just want to know, you're possessed by a wraith. You stink up because, like, your body's just stinking and then, like, they move on, exit out of your body. And you're just like, that was weird. (laughs) You just, like, move on with your life. Like, yeah, like all those people that went through exorcisms, they just, like, exist. Like, you don't keep that smell. Right, like, like there's not a lingering odor that's around. Like when you burned food in a pot, it smells like that for a while, even after you wash it. Like or burnt popcorn, like that shit gets everywhere. Yeah. That smell. I know. I think I'm saying broomstone. She smells a broomstone. Now I don't recall off the top of the old noggin what brimstone actually smells like. I think it's like sulfur. It's okay. That's what I was. That's what I was picking up. Yeah, it's sulfur. I just googled it. Yeah. Have you ever been to a live volcano? No. Is that what it smells okay. like? Yeah. Really? I don't remember it smelling that sulfury. I for me, sulfur is more like if you go to um Oleta Park mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. Anyone? Yeah, yeah. And I've been to Park. There's oh, like okay. a whole bunch of mud there. If uh-huh. you go into the mud, it smells like rotten eggs and it's very sulfur smelling. I get the rotten egg smell for sulfur. And like seaweed can kind of have that like rotten egg smell. I don't know. Brimstone just sounds so like elevated, like a sandalwood. It's like, very, you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's very like acrid. I remember. Oh, I went so to a volcano once and it it burned. Brimstone is the biblical name for sulfur. Oh, oh, well, well I kind of like brimstone better. Like, oh man, it smells like brimstone in here. Who scrambled some eggs? You know, like rottening eggs. Interesting. Yeah, the more you know, uh, but gross. It's a very elevated way to say your shit stinks. Honestly, if I was them and I ever smelt it once and I realized it was a wraith, I would always just – if I smelt it anywhere else, I'd be like, <gasps> you're a wraith, you're a wraith. I just go around people and be like, don't mind me. Just a little QC, a little quality control with my friend yeah, group. Just the let the white wolf loose. Like he has phenomenal sense and tracking. Like he can tell you who it is, right? And can I just point out, we have soap in this world. Yeah. Yes. So they can wash it off. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So wraiths, wraiths, ugh, not not loving you. 
You stinky little bastards. Uh, Bridget, now you included a picture in your notes, which you earlier yes. said, I need to stop staring at. <laughs> By me, I mean you. <laughs> yes, I do, because last book, she kept referencing the hard nipples, and I'm staring at Andrew Cavill and the stuff, and I'm like, hard nipples, <laughs> yeah. Requires a deep zoom. <laughs> it's blown up on my computer because I'm reading the notes. I kind of see it. I don't see? know what. I just did something with my phone. I feel like I dragged Henry Cavill into my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, God, we cast Henry Cavill as every character in every book we read. Yes, but whenever it's a white-haired character, and they are in a fantasy book. The Witcher. Without a doubt, 100%. It's The Witcher from season one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that man. I don't know yeah, what it season is. Season one Witcher hits differently than season two or season three Witcher. Yeah, season one Witcher is like. He's all like grunting. There's no... He's like, ugh. Yes. I'm like, and there's a lot more like skin of like on scene. Like mm-hmm. he's shirtless a lot in this um first season. He was very much like there for the woman's. The female gaze. I was there for it. Uh, me and all my females, we were gazing. We, yep. And all the males, too. Let's be real. Let's be real. I know. Just like we can appreciate some, another female species, like they can appreciate another male species or another yeah. male. We're the same Well, anyhow. So I thought Alexis was good, was hot, you know. I talked about it the last book. Um, holy shit. Neri just might take the alternate spot on my white shoes list because – I think there was just a level of like romance and passion that was in this book that was missing the last two books, like the connection between the two of them. And I was just eating it up. I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's get to the end because I need the big O. And we got it. We had a really good enemies to lovers buildup with tension where we didn't really have that. It was a little bit of a crescendo with Rena and Alexis and it was still really good. But this one like was really drawn out, and it was. was really- I felt more true enemies to lovers, because with Raina and Alexis, like immediately he was already saying, "Oh, I was always looking at her. I felt mm-hmm. connected to her, and she had to go through the journey." But this one, the two of them were like, "No, we're fighting with each other." Back yeah, like, and forth. stop looking at me, wolf. Like, go look yeah. somewhere yeah. else. And, and he admits especially- that he's like watched her for over the years, and he like liked her, but not like that sense yet. I've watched you for 300 years dreaming of kissing you. Like, come on. How could you not be like, take me now. I'm yours. You mean eight I, years? Yeah. No, he said 300. He watched her inside her of three- Alexis's body. She no. hasn't been alive for 300 years. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And she was only taken eight years ago. Yeah, okay. he saw her. Alexis is the one that was saying stuff like, oh, well, I've been in love with her for 300 years. I just couldn't remember her and my body recognized, like okay. my soul recognized like, her. Someone loved someone for 300 years. And I stand corrected. The math was at math and for Neri and Nephili, but got that sorted out. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, group. Um, Neri the Witcher. We know that. I have a picture here. Uh, if you have not um, seen the Witcher, just Google Henry Cavill Witcher tub. You're welcome. You won't be disappointed. You're welcome. Um, again, novellas in my head should always be like a hundred and something pages of straight smut. I know that's not the case. Like I know it's an actual book and it requires plot and other stuff. So, 
you know, I'm always a little disappointed when the smut's not hot and heavy in the first couple of pages, but we still got a decent amount of spice and the plot was really good. I felt like it dragged at the beginning because I was just Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? Come on, let's go. But it was still good. And then 50% mark, it went boom, 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 boom. And I was like, yes. She made up for it because we got a Triceratop scene. Mm -hmm. Yep. The big O. She sure did. We already talked about the bird situation keeps me, leaves me unsettled. Like freaky. The birds just keep watching them. The bird thing, the birds flying into the protective ward thing just kept on flying. That was way fucking creepier than the and then the blood like spelled the, out their names but yeah. it wasn't also like a crow then which they almost the like, use these were doves so, like these were like innocent creatures being thrown to their deaths basically to spell out her name in, well not like, even that barrier. like i think her there's that connection with the dove from the past her couple dad. of books as well for right. her dad so he's like look for the dove it's always watching it'll be your guide and so to use that sort of against her to send an ominous message was very creepy and very are doves symbolic. and pigeons the same thing? Except doves are white. They're not. Was it a pigeon? No, there's that died? a morning dove that's gray, and I know this because we had one that was like living in the planter right outside our bathroom sliding glass door. Because I have a bathroom sliding glass door, and it would always look at you. And I named her Dove Cameron. <laughs> Cute. Uh, but she was a morning dove, not a pigeon. Because I googled. The more you know, we're googling so many things for you. Our readers, we want this. To I'm be like not googling just- difference between Dove and I put Dove and Cameron, <laughs> Dove and Pigeon. Uh, so my thoughts: the way I ran to this book, I was like, "Oh my god, this book's done." I'm running to the next one. I haven't felt the need to rush from book to book within the same time period of be finishing it in a while. Not a not a need, but like the want to to run to the next book. And it delivered. Boy, did it deliver. This was a good book. We had the plot. We had the spice. It kept it moving. It wasn't incredibly long. And it wasn't like too short to not to not keep your interest and be like, I want more. It was it was good. It's good. So now we get through our thoughts and feelings. Let's talk about the background and where we left off. If you're reading along with us, let's catch us everyone up to speed. Yes, yes. All right. So background. At the beginning of this book, we find out that there's something called a curse in the blood. It's Asha, which is one of the gods in the land of Teresia. Teresia? Teresia? I don't know. I don't have the spelling in front of me. She leaves letters to Fia's mother's handmaiden and starts talking about how there are provisions for if a god is to be resurrected from the grove on Mount Ulra. So before the ritual must take for the resurrection, a trusted scholar at the Hall of Holies must stand in full agreement with their queen that the god should arise. If the order is not heeded, the grove is responsible for delivering punishment to those who dishonor sacred law and disturb the gods in their state of eternal rest. So Asha believes that this punishment would come in the the form of a curse in the blood. Right off the bat, we know something bad is going to happen. We already know that there's two gods that are about to be resurrected in this book, in this series. So it's going to be a big, oh shit moment. So in the last book, where we left off, the Scooby gang is on, is on Mount Ulra to intervene the resurrection of Thamos. And then Reyna sees Finn, who is her long 
her childhood best friend and her first lover, his head is on a spike and she loses her shit and goes into full revenge mode. Like she loses it. She lights a grove on fire and is almost consumed by her abyss. And then Flurry, who is a godling, comes and she tells her to take her hand and they end up time traveling back 300 years. Like Reyna goes 300 years back. Flurry gets thrown back into the current time frame. Um, and then she's taken to see Prince Elias, who is the king of the East's son, which also turns out to be the unknown name of the prince that we currently know of the East. And he sends her, to, he doesn't want to deal with her because he's having like sexy time with a lover. He sends her to the cell and the cell is manned by none other than Alexi, who is to us is Alexis. So that's where we left off. So at the beginning of this book, this group of gang is still on Mount Olara. The grove is on fire. The grove of the gods is on fire. The Scooby gang is searching everywhere for Reina and they cannot find her. Neri is constantly telling them that she's not there and he can't sense her magic anywhere. But Alexis is able to still feel her slightly through the bond. So he knows that she's still alive. He just doesn't know where. Neri is fed up. He says it's time for everybody to go because he needs to be resurrected now. And Nafel keeps trying to bargain with him saying, oh, go to Eastland, find my sister, go find Colden, go with um, Alexis and blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, enough is enough. I will do all those things for you after I'm resurrected because then you will be able to command me. So Alexis is frustrated and he takes off to Minturet in the Eastland to continue searching for Reyna and he just like takes off and leaves everybody else. Um, the rest of their Scooby gang heads back to Queen Fia to give her an update about what's going on. Because remember, they left her there, fled up the mountain to stop the resurrection, and she was fuming. And Nafel resurrects Neri. He she does the ritual. He does warn her beforehand because he starts feeling a little bit of guilt that there is, you know, something. There's some sacrifices that could be tied to the ritual, and she's like, "I don't care. We'll do it. Whatever. I don't care about what happens. Um, and the outcome on the back end, we're gonna have it." So. Um Sorry, really quickly, when I'm cracking up at Gilly. She's such a lazy bum. Who's like snorting and rolling around. Um, if you ever hear but, snoring in the background, it's Gilly. It's not me. But Neri does kind of grow that conscience. And he tells Nephili, are you sure you want to do this? Because there might be like a curse involved. I don't know what it's going to be. But he like definitely wanted her to consent. And not just feel manipulated into the situation. So. Which I already appreciate him for. And then she agrees. They do the resurrection. Um, He comes back and boom. He is all... I don't want to say he's all man. Because she definitely is like... He is all God down there and everywhere. He's not missing anything. Well, he actually is. He is missing marks from his body that we find out later. But she doesn't know that at the time. She's just staring and she can't look away. And he's like, if you keep looking, like things are going to get frisky. So that is fun. Uh, Neri takes off as she commanded to go to the Eastland to find Colden and her sister and Alexis. And she returns back to the Queen's residence. So now we've returned to the City of Ruins. Fia is pissed off. That all of this is happening within her kingdom and nobody told her and all of this is happening. Like I said, now they're going to war. She has to prepare her people. She also still hates Neri and now he's walking her land. Um, she calls Nephili and everyone else into a meeting. They start discussing everything. She tells her, please read the scroll. 
Nephilim's like, this is a language I do not understand. But Alexis shows up and he's like, I can read this. When they turn to look at him, he's completely bloodied with Neri because I guess they got into a fight. And so the scroll reveals the information about the blood curse. While they're discussing that, Flurry appears and she reveals that she knows where Raina is. Turns out that Flurry was best friends with Raina when she traveled back in time 300 years ago. And this is where Raina first met Alexis and they fell in love and she taught him how to sign so they can be able to communicate. And they were also best friends with Elias Graham, who is the Prince of the East and also who we know today as the Prince of the East with no name. So before Thamos dies, he wiped the memories of the Prince and Alexis so they wouldn't have any recollection of Raina, but he wasn't able to wipe away Fury's memories before he died. So Reyna lived with them for a full year before they were captured and in prison. And before all that happened, she was she just disappeared. So we assume she went back to her time, but we don't know because we're currently in that time. While she got all this information, Nephilim was overwhelmed and she's also been feeling very weak since the resurrection and she ends up fainting. They take her back to the room, make sure she's safe, try to get her to eat. And the men return back to the meeting with Fia. Nephilim and of course, Hell are like, I'm not going to sit here while everybody else is meeting and discussing war plans i'm going to go so they sneak into the meeting they decide to make a plan so alexis nephilim nary zahir Callan, and the rest of them are going to travel back to malrose and prepare to get the winterhold armies ready for war zahir and her wife will go to the drifts and prepare all the people in the drift section flurry ronan and hell are going to go on their own little mini journey to find more godlings to join their cause and then later that evening Neri seeks out Nephilim because before in the last book, she had twisted her ankle and ended up breaking it when they were, you know, running up the mountain. So he comes to the room and he asks, begs her to like, let me mend your knee or not your knee. Let me mend your ankle and remove all the pain. So that way you'll be able to travel. She's a bit drunk at this point And she tried to like have sex with him. And he's like, no, you're going to regret it tomorrow. When I have sex with you, I want you to be willing and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all that jazz. And so next she year, was willing later on. Yes, very willing. Three times willing. willing here. Yes. I was willing for her. I'm like, you're I drunk. I thought for sure, like, at this point, we would get some sort of, like, good spice. Like, second base. Come on. Something, yeah, right? second base. I thought we would have gone too far. And then we'd be like, hold well, up. Let me pull back. Are we going to discuss what bases are again? No. Is this the part? Because they had a couple of like these scenes where she was drinking too much and he like wanted to seduce her, but he wouldn't. I think this was the first one. That this is was okay. the first one, yeah. Because then she was the second pissed. one is when he starts kissing her legs amongst other places. Yeah. Was I think he kitchen? kisses the inside of her knee on this one. Okay. Because remember, he's like sitting in this on the stool in front of her and her leg is propped up on his leg. Or her ankles propped up on his leg, and he's like mending it and rubbing it and stuff like that. And I think he kisses like the inside of his knee. Anyhow, besides the point, I the tension was tensiony, tensiony throughout the book, like very tensiony and just very like every time I'm like just just do it, just do it, just do something. And then they'd get interrupted, or he'd have like it, a true blue balls. Like I yeah. have balls to say, oh, I know the blood for my brain and is not there because it's all in my balls. This is what that felt like. I was like, holy, this is how guys feel? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Sucks. Okay, so now they're on their way back to the Malagros. They return to Star Wars. 
Neri isn't able to sift them. It's sifting. So they use um, ether to be able to sift them through the land. He wasn't able to get them into Star Wars Tor, which is Zaheer's mansion and her lighthouse, but he got them onto the beach and then he's holding them back because he wants to talk to Nefeli and the rest of them are walking ahead. They realize that there's guards in their house and they don't belong to Zaheer. So he takes off and he tells her, you stay there. I'm going to go take care of this with the men folk. She's pissed, rightfully so. They take off and they like sift into the house. They're preparing to take down the guards and Nefli shows up out of nowhere and she takes everyone down and she captures a few of them. And I guess she used ether that was left behind from Neri when he sifted some of the ether got like into the sand and she just picked it up. And she was like, I'm going to use this now. And she was able to sift herself into the residence. And then she used her badass powers to capture all of them, which, I mean, good for you. I love that she, she felt- was just like, I'm going to scoop this up right here. Oh, no, I've transported. So Neri is like coming back to life and he's regenerating with all of his powers. But we think like, because of the curse the ether, which is, I guess, the essence of the gods, isn't responding to him. He's just casually, like, leaking it all over the place, which, again, was big, weird in my flag. head. Right. And he won't admit to the fact that he feels weak. He's just saying, oh, I'm just taking a long time to get my powers by. And we're like, this isn't normal. I think Alexis even notices that. He's like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm a macho god. I'm fine. Neary. I'm not scared of shit. Not even the ether. Although I am very yes. scared. So they're able to take back their little Star Wars mansion from the guards. Um, Alexis and Neri end up interrogating them. They find out that there is someone who took the place of, I think his name was General Vox from the last book. No, uh, Vex, Vex was from the East, but it was the Admiral. The Admiral from the last book Admiral who was Roke. the betrayer of the north someone took his place and his name is vice admiral erics um, and he has been rallying the cause the people in the city are unhappy some of them disagree with siding with the eastlanders and they want them gone so things are a little shaky at malagros right now so they go off and they start hunting for him meanwhile nefli says she feels like shit she feels like she's dying um she feels super sick she's resting and while she is sleeping she has like a memory a memory recollection slash dream of her mom um and her mom's telling her a story about a beast and a woman there's something about blood drinking in a rose garden and basically it's like she feeds the beast her blood so he can live and he goes out finding the most beautiful thing in the world to give her which is a rose a blood rose you're like okay cool I know you have a blood curse, and now you're talking about some blood dreams with some princess and, and stuff like that. We said it I before, feel like something's happening. Suspiciously, her gums are all bleeding. Like she's starting to feel weird. Even Hell questions her. She's like, "Are you pregnant? Like, is that what's happening here?" And she's like, "Oh no, I haven't done it with anyone since." And she's like, "Oh okay, good, because you know, just checking. You're you're given all those symptoms, right?" So she's so that's how you know it's bad. Like so other people know she's sick. So while the guys are out hunting, Mari ends up giving her soup. And she's like, this soup will cure everything. It's my special soup. And she starts drinking the soup. She feels so much better. Before, she would be hungry, but she wouldn't have any appetite. She would want to, like, vomit anytime she was near food. But when she asks Mary what's in the soup, it turns out to have pork blood in it. Ring, ring, ring. Flag, flag, flag. 
Hint, blood, hint, blood, hint. blood, 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 blood. So since she's feeling better, she decides that she's going to go visit Ingrid, the memory catcher, because she needs to figure out more information about what's going on, where's her sister, and so on. She goes there, waits the whole day, and then she never shows up. Before she leaves, she sees a dove sitting on the fence. So we know that the dove is symbolic for her dad, and Reina has seen the dove in the past. And she decides, I'm going to do what the witch collector, not the witch, the memory catcher told me last time. I'm going to go visit the barracks and see if I can recover any of my own memories. She sneaks in. She finds her family home. She notices that a room without window that she had remembered from her childhood no longer has the door and the door is covered. So she thinks that's suspicious, but it's getting late. So she decides to head home. She casually finds Vice Admiral Eric's in the crowd and she follows him into a bar and I guess there's a wedding reception happening and he sneaks off, not sneaks off. He goes off to have sex with a couple. And as she's following him, the bartender gets upset because she didn't pay for her drink. And Neri shows up to protect her out of nowhere. Cause he was tracking her this entire time. Cause she wasn't at the house when he showed up and the Admiral shows up. They're about to attack him. Neri's like telling all the folk people, your God has returned. There's about to be war, spread the word. And then, Nephilim shifts him out into the alleyway so they're safe and in order to protect themselves to stay hidden they end up making out in the alley to cover themselves which is a trope I was a, say, a niche I trope that I that love trope. I love that trope love when it happens it gets hot and steamy and so she decides that they're going to sift back to the mansion and get it on they sift back into the mansion, into the foyer, and get caught by Alexis and he is like giving where were you? You're sneaking in past curfew dad vibes and so hello blue balls once again Mm -hmm. so she ends up talking to alexis and she has all these things to talk to him about and talk to him about like how neary is with me now but not with me i'm stuck with him because i resurrected him and i'm his keeper neary goes off they don't sleep together and they don't sleep at all can i make a quick editorial note i don't think we talked about this um in our discussion of book two but, well, we kind of mentioned it, but we discover in book two that Nephili and Reina weren't born in the Northlands, Winterlands, where they were raised, that they were actually born in the Summerlands. And it seems that their parents had hidden a bunch of their the beginning their beginning years and had covered up some of their memories for a reason. Yeah, so that's why she went back to the memory catcher to be able to talk to her about more of those memories. But then suspiciously she wasn't there. I thought maybe she skipped town or she died. I feel like there's something more there that's hidden. Maybe she's the one that betrayed them. Maybe. I don't think anybody betrayed anybody anymore. I I think that it made sense for General Vex to go after Zahira and Yasmin after, you know, the whole thing with like... Yeah, and also the birds have been watching them, so the birds are reporting everything. So there's no one – there's no betraying because they're getting live reports from the birds. Gives new new mention to the meeting, a little birdie told me. Yeah. So the next morning, Nafel asked Neri to lunch. She wants to test the theory about blood making her feel better. She thinks it will make him feel better as well because she knows he's not healing as quickly. So she offers him the blood broth. And he is starting to feel better. They make out and she gets him to bite her lip and he drinks from her and he starts healing even quicker. 
It's getting hot and spicy. They're pushed up against a windowsill. Things are happening. And I think I really thought this was the moment it was going to happen, right? And then they get interrupted. They were so close. And I was like, do well, have you, this, Mary? Isn't this also when he's like, hey, have you been taking birth bane? That's and she's like, nope. And he's like, yeah, I don't think you want a godling inside of you. Yes. Yes. And there was definitely like a lot of touching happening. But Hot also, and as considerate. another person, I'm like, there are other things we could do. You don't have to just. Which they were heading to before they got interrupted. I don't know. They get interrupted by Mary. She's like, you guys need to come see this. When they walk out into the front yard, we see Alexis. Undralig. Dragging. Dragging the bodies of Vice Admiral and Graviel, who you know, ripped out the bonds from Reina, the last book, dragging their bodies. He killed them. Their hearts burst in their chests and just exploded. And then he drags them through town up to the house. Like, what's the name of in, in Zia, in Zodiac Academy, what's the name of the, the, the sorcerer, the seer that Lionel uses? Vlad. Vlad? What's his name? Is yeah, it? I don't think so. It's not Valg. It's not Valg. <laughs> I think it might be Vlad. Like, it's on the tip of my tongue. Varg. Varg. Vard. 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 We'll get there. We'll add a consonant to one of these letters, and we'll get there. <laughs> so Vard and Gavriel to me are written in the same font. Like they're the same kind of skeezy character, just like abiding by like their masters. oily hair. Yeah. yeah. They're creepy. I'm glad he's dead. And yeah. way to go, Alexis. No love lost wow. there. Wowzers. Um, so now that he's dead, they know that the people are going to come. They know that they need to assemble all the armies, prepare the cities. So the new plan is the team's going to split up. Alexis will stay in Malgros, the others with a few others to rally and defend the city. They're going to find a new replacement for someone to command the watch. A few of the others from their little squad are going to go to other villages within the area to warn them about the upcoming war and tell them that Neri is alive. Neri and Nafel are going to travel to Winterhold because they need to get Winterhold up and running. They need the ward to be up. And, you know, Nefli has been training alongside Colden for all of these years for this moment. So that is the plan. Everyone's to go home, go to their bedrooms and rest. And Neri's super worried about sifting all the way over there because he knows that he his powers aren't working that well. He knows he's no longer able to sift. We know Nefli can, so she's convincing him to let him sift them to Winterhold, but he's like, you haven't even tried long distance yet, so they sift from Winterhold or to their room into the room without the door in the barracks. And so when they get there, they realize it's a room full of a whole bunch of magical artifacts that come from all of these different lands. And along with two urns, one marked Eli- Elias and one marked Alexis. And Neri says they look like urns that he's seen the god Thamos use to store memories that he extracted from people. And Nephilim's dad left a very vague note saying that he had another choice but to take them to the valley so they can live out their destinies and that he's been collecting all of these things for them to use in the future. Whoa. And I think they have, yeah, big revelation there. Also, he, apparently he's a seer or he has the ability to the see. Time wa- I think it's a, a time walker that he's a, a time, time walker, walker like, like Reyna. And 
I wonder if you are chosen to be a time walker because remember the god knife like came to her. Oh, no, I guess it came to him. It came to her and then he was like, no, right, not like, this and throws stone. it and it comes. Yep. The heart of Tafiti came to him. So maybe he was like, no, you are also a time walker. And so in the last book, they had also said that he was gone for many periods of time and from the archives. And this mm-hmm. sort of accounts for why he was gone for so long because he was traveling back and forth in time to get all this information and get it ready for them to be able to lead the future. I love their dad. I know. I'm like, man, I love when like someone's plotting it and it well in advance and has a whole method to their madness laid out with like proper breadcrumbs, unlike Danica, who like really, really made our girl Bryce work for this in Preston City. But these are proper breadcrumbs that everyone's able to follow. And it's always fun when you find the note and you're like, this explains it all. I really hope they would just be able to like open the urns and like their memories go back like a genie and like, whoop, here's That's your memories. That's what I I was like, are we not – we're not just going to open them and see what happens? Or like do they dissipate to the sand? Like to the – they evaporate? I kind of pictured it like um in – I know I'm like jumping around from very different books and genres here. But in Harry Potter when he has the mind and – um. Thing. Yes, yeah, I the know. The bowl of like memories, and you like pulls them out with the wand. The pen yeah, there, there we, we go. go. There we go. It's like the like the bird bath looking thing <laughs> of memories, and so that's Basically, what I pictured that was what it was going out. So I'm like, can we not just like throw it over it, like you know, shower him over it, and they just absorb back in through osmosis? Apparently but, not. Right. So, no one really seems to have an understanding of how we actually get these back into his noggin, but we're gonna we're all gonna figure it out. They take them back, the urns, back to Alexis, and they explain everything that happened. And Alexis, I'm going to figure out a way to take back my memories because he wants to remember every single part of his Reina Bloodgood. It's a love story. I mean, cute, cute. And so they take the other urn and they're going to take that urn back to Winterhold and put it at the bottom of the castle and protect it. So now we're traveling back to Winterhold, right? So we're getting to near the end of the book and they still have not had sex yet. And I'm like, what the fuck? Literally, what the fuck? So while they're sifting, what the fuck can to- someone fuck? Please, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. We're gonna make that into a shirt. Um, Nephilim starts sifting them back to Winterhold. The Ether keeps spitting them out several times until it no longer listens to her command to travel, and they end up having to travel by foot for the rest of the way. And they get attacked by a herd of great horns. Now Neri is like, "Don't worry." The Great Horns listen to me. They're just traveling with us. They're not going to try to attack us because he is the Great White Wolf. And she jokes back with him. She goes, yes, there's perks to traveling with the big dick of the forest. Correct myself. I love that. that I love that. (laughs) And so then he realizes that they're not responding to his commands and that they're actually hurting him into the clearing because they're going to attack. And he begs Neri, Neri begs Nephilim to create a cage around her so he can fight and of course you know she's stubborn she's like i'm not gonna do that then she sees the first one attack and she's like just kidding i'm gonna create this cage around me and you do your thing and he's fighting them off left and right and then he suddenly disappears and they're attacking her in the cage and then he comes back with packs of wolves multiple packs of wolves and it's led by two other white wolves and i want to call that out because so now there's three great white wolves that are the size of Neri. So there's Neri and two other ones, and there's a whole bunch of wolves, and they're all attacking the great horns. They eventually defeat the great horns. Everyone's safe. Um, Nephili is injured as well as Neri. He's, like, very weak from the power. So they are able to find a hunting cabin. They go there. They start the fire. Wait, hold on one second. They realize that the great horns stink. Oh, and that's yes. When- I forgot mm-hmm. about that. 
And that's when we realize that the wraiths can also possess animals. And so they were being used by Thamos. And to deliver a creepy message to her. Yes. And that's why they weren't listening to Neri. Like, guys, I was just trying to get to the smut here, and I totally forgot that part. But thank you for calling that out, because that was very important. And, like, they're kind of described, like, you think of them as, like, sort of a moose-like creature with these big old antlers. They're like carnivorous Carnivorous mooses? I'm like, what's the plural of this? Someone in the Northwest, please correct me. But, like, but carnivorous moose sound absolutely effing terrifying. I don't know why I yeah, censored I would, myself effing. With sharp teeth. terrifying. Sharp drooling teeth, and they're carnivorous, and they want to eat you. I'm like, ooh. I imagine, like, the blood just, like, drooping down their mouth. It's not cute. Not cute. No, not cute. Okay, spicy scene. Yes, spicy scene. They go back to the cabin, and he needs blood to be able to heal himself. And she doesn't want to. He needs blood. And so, finally, she gets him to drink her blood, and he heals heals immediately. And then she tells him, like, I want you. And he understands he – she needs him on that same level of hunger, and he ends up feeding her while she's sitting on his lap. And so she gets his blood, and they're both buzzing with the high of drinking blood, and they end up fucking, and it's a good time. Finally. Here we Finally. go. I think at some point he, like, jumps off of her and, like, is hiding, crouching in, a like, a corner because his wolf wants to come out so the entire time his wolf is fighting for control because he's currently in his human form and his wolf wants to come out to play especially since he's now weaker he can't control the wolf and the wolf wants to claim his mate i do like that a lot of the times he keeps saying that my wolf needs this he needs to claim you mark you as his own and i was like i didn't know I was into this. Me either. And the fact is he like opened her legs to like see himself spilling out of her. I yes. Like, I was like, do yes. I have a breeding kink? What is this? I was just like, wow, that was something I didn't know I needed. But and man. she like understood. She was like, what are you doing? And then she understood and she just lifts up. And I was like, whoa, whoa. This was like filthy, but like classy filthy. Yes. I think that's. <laughs> I'm always impressed filthy. because. It's dirty, like like when I say dirty, not like ew, gross, but like it's dirty, like filthy, smutty, mm-hmm. but still not. It's still like slightly centered. It's very still romantic the way she writes. Yeah, she's a great writer. Yeah, no, this was like this was like top notch. That's smut. why I don't know if there's a way to write smut in the female gaze, but this 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 feels like it. Yeah, that's um, a very good reflection on that. Yeah. So they end up cuddling and they spend the night together. And the next morning they realize that the ether spitting them back out because she's carrying the urn that has Thamus's magic all up in it and it's rejecting it because of him. So they make a plan. She's going to go sift herself to Winterfell. Winter, not not Winterfell. <laughs> Winterhold. I was waiting she- for you because I kept calling it Winterfell in my head when I was reading. <laughs> I just renamed it to Winterfell. So she goes to Winterholden. She is going to play queen, get everyone ready, get the wards up, and he's going to travel by foot to Winterhold. He's a month away, and he tells her, in four weeks, I will be there in four weeks, and if not, then you can come find me. And she goes. She does her thing. She's the bad bitch that she is. She's running running the place, running the kingdom. On the last day of the fourth week, the guards tell her that there's a white wolf approaching the barrier. And she goes out beyond the barrier and meets him. And she wants to 
pounce on him. I think she says something about like a she-wolf in her would pounce on you if the guards aren't watching. And he tells her, I'm going to go to my cabin. I'm going to get everything ready for us. And I'm going to come back for you. And I was like, fuck, more blue balls. Let's go. So the two days pass, he comes, he collects her, he takes her back to the cabin. And instead of just like an immediately spicy scene, they're romantic. They talk to each other. They tell him- They're um, cuddling. They're cuddling, sleeping together, napping, he telling each other- He shows her the blood rose garden he made her. Oh, Does that happen before or after they smash? I, I don't know. I mean, it so all like, happens at the same time. And they're giving updates about each other's lives, like true couple shit. And I'm like, that is cute. And I knew that there was going to be something even better. So then they're laying in bed. They take a nap. She wakes up and he tells her they're getting like hot and spicy. He tells her, do you remember seeing two other white wolves? We come to find out that he can split himself into three separate forms. So that's three separate nearies. Three separate dicks, one for each hole. And she is like, wham, bam, fuck yes, thank you, ma'am. Right, because there was, I think, a sign me up. A portion where he had seen into her head and like she like let all her fantasies fly. So he like did this knowing she's already going to be in. Editorials know they're able, they have this bond between them where they can speak to each other in their minds. She had shared her fantasies for a devil threesome triceratops like whatever you want to call it she was having it two guys when you can have three you know may we all experience the right the devil's three it was really funny in our lives is that you guys had finished the book before me and then hilda was like yeah i mean it takes a really long time to get spicy but what it does a wah wah weehoo and then caitlin finishes it like, like a day later she goes yeah wah wah weehoo <laughs> yeah I mean, we're talking like the last 20, 30 pages of this book is when we get this. But it was worth it. It was. I don't normally say. Lucky bitch. (laughs) This is why it's fantasy. This is why it's fantasy. It's true because you can't get that in real life. You can't splice someone three. You can get three Henry Cavills. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I was even picturing that scene with Henry Cavill. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No, I cannot. No. I think I would, I would just, go around bragging for the rest of my life. Like, seriously. did you get three Henry Cavills? Because I did. You'd be bragging. I'd probably be dead on the floor because, like, I cannot live after that. Yeah. I have peaked in my life. Yeah, that's just me kill peaking. me now. Yeah. Like, life is definitely not going to get better than this. Just <laughs> take me now. Not at all. Let's just end on this very high note. So after their cute lovemaking, they go outside. He has something surprise to show her. And it's a wall of roses from his garden it's super cute they turn out to be the couple from the story that and so he's like it's nice that your mom knew to tell you that story even though she wasn't told from the dad that you know we'll end up together they return to winterhold after all their love making and before they depart someone alerts them that the wards are being attacked and so they run to the barrier and they're looking up into the sky and doves it's doves right not pigeons yeah Doves are flying into the barrier and breaking their necks and just like dying on the spot. And so the blood from the doves are spilling it's on. It's gilly. <laughs> I was like, is gilly that Toby? No, just good old gilly here. A very um, uh, musical interruption. Like lots of noises happening here today. 
Oh, sorry, guys. We're trying. Can you stop? God bless you, Gilly. And so it's the blood. <laughs> Gilly, Gilly's allergic to smut. She's like, I cannot listen to my mother talk about this anymore. She's no. She's like, no more wow, wee woo. Can you? She's like, um, the blood spells out her family's names. <laughs> it's okay. We're just. <laughs> And so now she knows that they're coming for her and that war is coming. The end. A very ominous threat left by Samos. Yeah, and nobody's focused on that because we're all still stuck on the Triceratops threesome. No, I'm telling you, my mind was blank after the end of the book. So I was like, I don't remember anything other than three dicks and three holes. So here we are. It reminded me a little bit of Harry Potter at the end when... Um, Voldemort is attacking. No, no. I was like, what What version of Harry Potter did you read? I was like, what fanfic were you reading? Pottermore, some crazy shit. No, it reminded me of like that magical barrier. The golden trio wasn't what you thought it was. (laughs) This elder wand can do way more than you think. Uh, but it just sort of reminded me when, like, the Dementors attack at the the Battle of Hogwarts when they have this mm-hmm. barrier and they're just watching things crash into it. And so it's just cr- creepy for that visual to see your name then spelled out in dove blood. What a way to cap the weekend. <laughs> Wild right. sexcapades and then, ah, just a blood warning. Angry dove attack. It was good. The book. It was, it so was good. good. Yeah. I- I stand by what I said earlier. We're like, this series is going to be the one to watch out for. This is the new one. They made this into four or five books. I'm like, I would eat it all and say, may I please have some more? Absolutely. I hope we get a fifth book, too. You know, I'm with you, Hilda. You've always stood fast in this belief that books need to end in odd numbers. And now I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's make it a five. But. Is that odd, including the novella, or yeah? Like count? I just, I, I just need two more books. I need obviously book four, which we're getting at the end of November, um, and it's on our schedule to, I think, close the year off. On Although that. I kind of want to then... move it up, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> you know what? I really hope now that we've been introduced to their two POVs that it continues on in the next book. So it's going to be spice on spice on spice because we're going to have yes. them. And then we're going to have Alexis and Reyna when they finally reunite. And maybe we'll get some Helen Ronan in there. I don't know. We're probably going to get Alexis and Reyna while they're in the past. Because he ends up falling in love with her then. Mm-hmm. I, there might be some good hate sex there. And Ooh. I just want to say this, though. Like, when did Alexis fall in love with his wife and child? I wonder if those were false memories. Like, um, so, oh, what happened to Rowan? Book. In Throne of Glass? That's true. Last book, I kept trying to figure out, like, the timeline, because they always talk about, like, the in 300 years ago, 300 years ago, but how old exactly is Alexis? Like, is he 325 years old? How old was he when he became the great sorcerer of Alexis? I also wondered, too, it's like, he's seeing wife and child, but, like, maybe that is Reyna and a child? I'm not sure. So, also, Flurry was, like, I'm your best friend and I don't know of a wife and child that you talk of. Right. That was like a red flag for me. I was like, who? Hmm. Maybe like his brain was like, you had this powerful love and it just like self-created a f- false memory to maybe fill the Thamos, gap. Maybe Thamos was, had tempted him to go into the shadow world so he could attach himself to Alexis, but instead Neri beat him to it. 
Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I like these theories. These are the unhinged things we need to be discussing more often. All right, guys. Well, that is our wonderful wrap-up of what happened in this series. We're loving it. We're living for it. And I really got to hear it because I think a lot of you have started this journey now that we've been evangelizing the series. So I'd really love to hear from you guys if you started. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Do you feel the same way we do? Is, is, this, is this love? Is this like? Is this lust? I don't, I'm pretty sure this is a long time love you, but we'll see where who, this takes so us. So who, Neri versus Alexis, who would you take? Neri. Oh, she didn't even hesitate. I know. I, three. Wait. So one, I just, two, three Neris. Come on. She. She. It's true. She was just talking about how much she loved Alexis last book. So I, I. That was one of my points at the beginning of this book. I thought I loved Alexis, but hello, Neri. You know what? I'm just gonna kick off. Um, no, I can't kick off men from my white shoes. I'm just gonna make my list of options larger. Yeah. Top ten. Here we go. Neri times three. If we're going to Alexis. top ten, I would have Neri on that top ten with Alexis. But I feel that yeah. maybe Alexis edges him out only I because I do appreciate a good dirty talk, and he did deliver last time. Yeah, I feel like Alexis then, or Neri then, does a good jo- job as well with the talk. But then Neri drinks your blood too. Well, this is right up your alley. This is here's yeah, my neck, boy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't made a decision yet, but they're both strong candidates. Strong for candidates that I would endorse on Caitlin's or either of your white chooses. Great questions there. Who, who who's taking your heart? Neri, Alexis. Is it too early to tell? Maybe it's a sleeper hit. Maybe it's Ronan. All to say, these are great quality male characters we're getting here, and can't wait to see where this series takes us in November. So from us tonight. Good night, farewell, and dream of the devil's threesome. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.